0: all of the girly chat hello everybody and welcome to vicky Patterson, the secret 2. this week a lady who needs no introductions it's the one and only hello
1: <laughs> darlings
0: Oh my god. Okay, so I promised myself I was gonna be really cool on this podcast, but I am struggling and I'm probably gonna lose me shit. Mate, so many of your songs have been like these things to my life.
1: Do people come up to you and tell you that all the time? They do. And it you know, it, it never gets old and I do love that. And like whatever way I can help anybody out, you know, I've kind of lived it, written about it. And if it helps you, then I've done something all right in my life. God,
0: mate, honestly, like, when I'm going for a run or when I want to get fired up, like, dreams yeah. can come Wicked. true. Yeah, you say <laughs> When I'm fucking fuming with me fella, when I have bro- broke up with someone, like, the theme tune of Bridget Jones, with me whole <laughs> chest, <with> me whole <laughs> best as well. Oh, honestly, you've had some absolute bangers, mate, and I, I've That's got so, nice. so, so many things to ask you. But I, what I want to do is start okay. right back at the uh-huh. beginning and talk to you a
1: little bit about your childhood. So you grew up in Hackney. Sorry. Right? I know I was born in Hackney, oh, Hackney, but I grew up in South East London. So and... me, fella. Yeah. <laughs> like near Greenwich Way. You know something? When I was younger, we used to live in Deptford, but I don't really have many memories of Deptford because I was quite young. Then we ended up in Broccoli, Southeast 4, so, um, and later on in Catford. So I've been a Southeast London girl pretty much all my life. So although my my roots are in East London, a lot of my family is still in East London, but I'm, I'm still a South girl, South London girl, Southeast London.
0: Yeah. yeah. Obviously, being from the northeast of of, yeah. of England, the difference means nothing to me. But I can see it's very
1: important to you, and I apologize. No, that's, girl. Listen, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm being specific because if I say South, somebody be like, no, you're not from South, you're from Southeast. You know, it's like, oh, what is it? Southeast, Southwest, South is South. But somebody's out there is going to get for me. It's, it's going to come for me. So I'm trying to be... <laughs> No, get it right. People are. I get
0: it. We're, we're yeah. actually, we are the same up north when it yeah. comes to Geordies and macs yeah, and all absolutely. the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, babe. Um, so, what was your childhood like? Did you grow up in a musical household? When did that sort of passion begin?
1: You know, something for as long as I can remember, I've always kind of been you know like into music my mum I've got a young mum so she was 17 when she had me so I was listening to a lot of what she was playing and by the time I was growing up and discovering myself and discovering music I I remember I call myself an 80s pop tart you know what I mean because I just loved all the flavors of music back in the day I mean I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, Diana Ross but then Haircut 100, Adam and the Ants you name it I was into it playing at Madonna um, Janet Jackson so there wasn't just one type of music and I like to think that now that's reflected in the type of music I do um but just grew up just loving music listening couldn't wait for my day to be I'd have to do the washing up on Sundays I used to love it because my brothers wouldn't be there and I'd be having the radio on in the kitchen listening to the top forty. Do they still have the top forty. <laughs> yeah we still I mean God, later you're asking the <laughs> wrong person Gabrielle honestly I'm, you know what I'm I mean? not cool but yeah well, so uh, yeah that's how it was love music but so it, it wasn't until years later, I, I'd meet uncles that I didn't know I had. Like I didn't grow up with my dad's side of the family. And then I ended up having an uncle later on ends up in my band. But in terms of musical family, my mum wasn't a singer. So I'm like, where did it come from? And over the years, I've got to meet different parts of my family. I've got a, a cousin who was a singer in the Caribbean, a cousin over here, you know, who ends up being my band. No, he's my uncle. So things like that happen. So it's somewhere ingrained, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. A big old musical family than pet sounds like is a <laughs> spread
0: all across the world. Get where a draft wouldn't, Gabrielle. I love I that. Love <laughs> um, when did you first, because obviously you're clearly passionate. I love the thought of like you and your mom listening to yeah. music together. That's really wholesome. But when did you first discover that you had a talent for it?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, in terms of discovery of talent, I was never that, how would I say, secure about what I did. All I know is I loved writing songs. I wrote my first song about 12 um oh. when like, honestly by the time I was in secondary school we'd had the school canteen I and thankfully the, the dinner ladies were really lovely so I'd sometimes get on the table now when you think about it, it wasn't that hygienic but I'd kind of do my little thing and sing and I probably wasn't the best singer but I just enjoyed myself so much and I, I think the, the dinner ladies used to humor me oh. and, you know what I mean and just over the years from being young just always loved making up music and I think from the From the time I started, what was it, Miss Fieldhouse, who was my English teacher? By the time she said, you know what, there was all this this poetry, but you can write your own. And I started being confident enough to write little poems that I turned into songs. And that was like by 12, 13. So, um, you know, in terms of my love of music and discovering I could sing, it wasn't until I was about 18 where people were like, oh, you know, you've got your voice is all right, you know, and, you know, and that's it. So that was the first time. And then I started singing in a club called Moonlighting in Greek Street in town, um, probably by the time I was about 20, 21. And there were so many great singers there. And we were all like little part-timers doing our little thing. But I never felt that my voice was anything because I'd see all these gals and they look stunning and they'd be tiny. And they'd have these massive voices. I'm like... Oh, not like that, but I just love being there. So I was just grateful. So um, it was something that, you know, the insecurity, I was never secure. And now I'm in my fifties. I'm like, all right, I'm all right now, aren't I? But you know what I mean? But I love it. I just love And now I wouldn't swap my voice for anyone else's. And because my manager, she, she told me once, she said, don't wish away what you're not prepared to lose. And I'd always be wishing away my voice to have someone else who was far more louder and more like dynamic, and now in my middle ages, I'm like, you know what? This is me. This is who I am. I'm unapologetic because I sound like nobody else. So now I'm like, yeah, I'm happy with what I've got. And people come to see me and have a lot of fun with me singing my songs. So I'm like, it's all right. you know. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm having fun
0: it's really funny what you say, you know, like in particular about your 20s and stuff like yes. that, because I felt this too. Like
1: yeah. as I
0: get older, I'm becoming mm-hmm. more and more comfortable in my yeah. own skin and more and yes. more confident with the things yeah. I can do well and the things yeah. I've got. And yeah. I was talking to my mom about it. I took her to yeah. a spa for her birthday not yeah. that long ago and carol is uh has, has 65 now she'll killer's saying and she looks great for it <laughs> um but yeah she was saying you know that that just continues as you get older like the she's every decade of our life she's found that she's been yeah. more content in her own yes. skin like less bothered about other people's opinions and yes. more i suppose yeah. just more comfortable and yeah. i think youth really is wasted on the young isn't it mate it like is, it's such it? a shame. <laughs> Definitely. It's lovely that you now are really able to appreciate sort of a unique, special talent. Because over the years, Gabrielle, you've brought people. Like, I dread to think. Actually, no, I don't. It's a (laughs) lovely thought. But about how many lasses have like cried over a Ben and Jerry's listening to one of your songs? Fucking hate them, you know? Like, it'll
1: be in the millions. It has to be. You know, what? whatever it is, it's one of those things that, you know, in terms of like when you're talking about people crying into something because they've gone through something. And then maybe, you know, if you're talking about how do you get through it? And if it's a case of whether you're listening to songs, whether you listening to one of my songs, it's like we find a way to move on and whatever appeases our soul and makes us find calm, you know. And so, uh, along the way, many people told me my music has helped them with that journey. So, I'm really happy with that because when I was younger going through stuff and I didn't have my own music, I'd looked to alternative things, to an alternative artist just to kind of get me through it. So, I, I get it.
0: You found your talent very young. And it sounds as though you found your place at school, you uh-huh. know, whether that was with the dinner ladies or with the English <laughs> department. Yeah. Um. But you've spoken openly about your condition. I wondered how that affected your confidence when you were at school. Well, my my
1: lazy eyelid. Yeah. You've yeah. got to remember when, you know, kids, I, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother now. And, no, yeah, I've got my little my little grandson. He's you know, he's oh my god, he's gonna be one next month. And congratulations, oh, mate! You. you don't way. look anywhere near <laughs> old enough to yeah, be a grandma, mate. I am, but it is oh. amazing. But, um, I think that when you're going to school and you know, kids, I know. You know, we've all been kids and there, there's been nice kids and horrible kids. But if you're on the receiving end, if you look slightly remotely different, if you're packing a bit of weight, if you if you just don't look like everybody else, you become a target. And thankful, I shouldn't say thank you because you're not supposed to encourage you know young sister fight but I could always fight when I was younger I can't believe I'm saying this no one imagines get real fighting I grew up with three brothers there's no pulling hair business okay And know my, no, I like yes. to think of you having to scrap me precisely but I was very much I was never shy I never sh- shied away in the corner so when people were you know talking about Malaysia I, I was always in a weird way, I was still confident because this is what I was used to. It's what I what happened when I was young. So it was like, well, it's your problem. But just being aware that people are really mean, I I just kind of and, and also the cruelty. I remember when I first wanted to sing. And you know when you leave school, and I always tell this story, and you sign, people sign on each other, people on each other's shirts.
0: Yeah,
1: but we didn't sign on shirts in those days; it was signing the little books, and it was like, "Hope to see you on top of the pops!" Ha ha ha! If you know how many I had of those, and I never ever said I wanted to be on top of the pops, but they used to see me, and I was singing like the dinner ladies used to see me, so it was almost like, "Well, you're never going to go on TV." That's you know what they were saying because no one looked like me. There was nobody. If you were a woman, you would you know you got to look have this particular look so having a lazy eyelid and flickering about because I've had a lazy eye muscle it's something that I guess nobody would have ever I think everyone was sniggering the fact that I dared to think I could sing or want to sing but you know that was fine But knowing that the cruelty was there, but I still held my own. But it's something that never left me. And so having to deal with that, and then years later, even when, I remember seeing a friend just before Dreams came out, and she said to me, what are you doing? It was a friend of mine called Pauling. We weren't close, but we were old-school friends. I didn't dare tell her that I was about to release a song, Dreams, that it would be Mm -hmm. Dreams, because I just felt that it was something that was so alien, the concept of someone who looked like me and being female in an industry that's dominated mostly by men. And although there was women, there are women, and we've come for even more so now. But I was just there was just something in me that didn't want to tell her because just in case it didn't work, or yeah. and and all because not necessarily her, but just because of the fact the concept of look my looks didn't equate to being a pop star. But I never imagined I'd ever be a pop, you know, a, a, a pop star or anything. So you know, now I look back and think, yeah, times are tough, but I've got I had to be strong. I became strong. I don't know how where I got it from because I didn't always people around me, even my mum initially, I'm sorry to say this mum, she didn't say, you know, she wasn't supportive of me become wanting to become a singer. So it's only as everyone saw I was determined. And if it didn't work out, I was going to become a, a child psychologist. I work with children. So not a bad yeah. fallback, a, a bit of a you know, curveball, but, but still <laughs> You know, but it wasn't an easy thing being at school. You had to be tough, and I was tough, and I ended up people trying to bully me and you know take the mick out of my eye which they did a lot but I you know I'm glad that I wasn't a shrinking violet because you know that with mental health and stuff there's some people who are not strong and it would have affected them far worse than it affected me but it never left me but it does have a lasting effect yeah it does but I like to think that because I'm in my 50s I've been doing this for 30 years now 31 this year I'm like I hope that whoever gets to hear my story, whoever has a dream, whoever doesn't fit the norm, fit in the box, if they can hear my story and see, you know, visually how I look and how, you know what, but I don't fit the norm, but I was still able to achieve. I want everyone to be able to have that sense of self and recognise that we're all worthy. doesn't matter what you look like, who you are. You know what I mean? And oh. if you just can hang on and hold on to your conviction and your passions and your dreams... Then the world is definitely your oyster, and you know it's not going to be easy. But I hope that people like me can make it easier. You know what I mean? No, you
0: certainly are, mate. Honestly, I think when everybody there's a saying, isn't it? Like when everybody stands up, yeah, um, and be like is unapologetically who they are. Like it makes it easier for someone else to do the same. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're saying, oh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know, don't know where this confidence came from, like. It was inside of you, and that belief yeah. in your talent, and that you're yeah. going to make it, it gave yeah. you the confidence, you know, to yeah. stand up to all of those. Let's have it right, bitter bitches, man. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: I, no, oh, <laughs> I love it. No, hundred percent. I love it. Honestly, have you ever yeah. seen anyone from your school? days? you know what me? I have? I was, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's but the bottom line is, most of the time, I see people and they, and they try and be nice. They forget what they've done. Yeah, they pretend that they never did anything, and that they were your lifelong friend, and they never were. But I'm like, you know, and goodbye, and that's it. And, that's and you, reality. you yeah.
0: remember though? I think a lot of people like when yeah. they've done something, you know, yeah. not, that they're not proud of. Yeah, unless they've grown and like you know yeah. hold themselves accountable, they um change they change
1: the narrative. They, they convince themselves. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I the do not understand that. I'm like, is that? Uh, uh, have they become delusional? Yeah, I but don't I think understand
0: it, it. it makes it easier for them to accept, yeah. like.
1: How yeah. no, how the problem were. it makes sense, it makes sense. But yeah, but yeah, they can stay where they are. I don't care about
0: Yeah, you shouldn't either because look at everything <laughs> yeah. you've managed to create. And also as well, look at all those little girls who you know potentially wanted to be singers or yes. artists
1: or, or yeah. dancers,
0: whatever it is. Yeah. You thought maybe they didn't look exactly yeah, how they
1: put it. precisely. They,
0: you know, you've gave them hope, inspiration, everything. So and I hope so. Yeah. yeah
1: think, definitely. You know, back in the day you had to be like a certain size. Yeah. you had to look a certain way all the restrictions that are never applicable to male artists by the way I don't know, yeah you know what I, mean? I think even to this day you know, the, the, the divide of which you are allowed or expected to look a certain way is it's still it's still unfair and b- biased against females and that's really sad and I hope in my lifetime I see more of a change oh, yeah. the, pa-
0: the patriarchy is alive and well though
1: isn't it coming <laughs> definitely
0: mate I really just wanted to ask because my little niece she has bright red hair oh wonderful and she's gorgeous and she has the spirit to match it as well yeah. Gabrielle she's wild mate like <laughs> my sister I'll have her out and she'll be having a tantrum and so, more than one occasion some woman's yeah. gone passing gone that's her hair just so you know my daughter's the same <laughs> gorgeous yeah but I worry about her going to school maybe is confident and beautiful and brilliant and so yeah. fun and I remember I used to be that way as well. I was confident and boisterous yeah. and adventurous. And yeah. I remember when I was about seven or eight, I was a really well-fed kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, And I remember becoming aware that I looked different yeah. than everybody else because, yeah. you know, all the little yeah. skinny girls. Yes. And I'd, yeah. I, my mum had to take me to a special shop to get us collots for school oh, because wow. nothing else fit. I know. I know that one. And, like, I, I worry that there's that turning point in there's going to be in maybe psychology where she's like oh I have got you know ginger hair or bright red hair whatever gorgeous. I know and I think it's something, but I just worry about that moment and I wondered if there was like any parents listening who've got little girls or little boys who you know they're worried about them growing up with something different if you had any advice
1: you know something just for someone who's gone through stuff and a mother it's a case of Your child, you teach them to to love themselves because when you're showing them all the love, you got to show them that they are they are important and they're as good as anyone else. And if somebody else is coming and wanting to highlight the fact that they've got gorgeous red hair, I've got a son from another mum who's got red hair, and you know I, I still can't believe when he tells me the same thing, I'm like. I, it's a different story to one of my best friends, Maria Brown, when I was young and she got bright red hair. And I always remember her being 100% competent and never having a problem. And I would just say to all your children, all our children, you are special, you are beautiful. And if anybody wants to bring attention to your red hair, it's only because they are damn right jealous, okay? And even more so, you should stand proud and be loud and just be gorgeous in your entirety, okay? And mm-hmm. never let anybody bully you because the moment they are bringing and causing attention, They are clearly not worthy of good attention themselves and they are jealous of you, okay? Never dim your light to let others shine. Let her shine. May she continue to be that person. And that's all I can say. And just... just show her the love as you do and anyone else they can get lost. You know what I mean? That's what it's about, loving themselves. Yes. From
0: the Queen Gabriella herself, <laughs> They're just peanut butter and jealous. I yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is very good advice. And of course you turned like you turned something that you potentially weren't that confident about into your yes. trademark. Nobody <laughs> can forget like nobody forgets the fringe, the eye patch, Gabrielle. Like that was yeah. an iconic way, you know? <laughs>
1: And carry on. And
0: that was 1993 when you first yes. were, first onto
1: yes. our scenes, probably. Gone. That's right. You and get- I only had the eye patch for a year. But I then, never wore it beyond a year.
0: I still fucking love the eye patch.
1: My son keeps saying, Mum, you know you need to come back. I know that Madonna, I forgot the album where she had the is it the X or something? And that makes not X, but she had that eye patch. And it was like, I started trending because I was like, no, Gabrielle had the eye patch. You know, who knows? Who knows? I may just bring back the eye patch.
0: The world's your oyster girl, whatever exactly. you Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved chatting to you in part no, one. My pleasure's so, been on mine, my darling. You're lovely. No, so are you. And I've got so much still to ask you in part two.
1: Oh, wonderful. Thank you, sweetness.